This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's Speroni. He rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose with space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson. Oh, yes. Back of the nest. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. I am your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk. And I have Albert Curley and Sam Heskip in tow for this early build-up to Monday night's clash against Liverpool under the lights at Sellers Park. Since the last podcast, Hodgson and Zaha have signed new contracts and we will rejoice before drinking in the Carabao Cup draw and then talking open training sessions and Josh Townsend tweeting miserable Dave of all people, Brighton fans with selective memories and people that put milk in their tea before boiling the water. We'll then be joined by Liverpool fan Andrew Beasley to talk new signings, their thrashing of West Ham and what to expect on Monday. And last up, we'll preview Monday with Hennessy, Wan-Bissaka and Schlupp taking the spotlight this week before we allow Albert to gloat about his correct Fulham prediction. Before we get started, I say a little prayer for you. Albert, Sam, oh, it's the regular crew now, isn't it? This is this is it. I don't think it's ever going to change. I believe the correct term is a mandem, isn't it? <laughs> a mandem, singular. A mandem. Some mandem. We are mandem. This is. We need dr on here to sort this out for us. I think. Um. Anyway, He's too busy celebrating his A level results. <laughs> uh, in that little jingle at the top there, you may have heard. Um, Back at the nest.com mentioned. Um, a bit like Spurs' stadium, it's, it's a bit delayed. <laughs> um, we're expecting it to come towards the end of August, maybe in September. So, um, big things coming from that in the future. So, uh, we'll, we'll obviously let you know first on here. Uh, Heskiff. Hello. Randomly, our tickets were next to each other at Fulham on the weekend. <laughs> they were, they were. Um, literally the seat next to each other how weird is that yeah completely unplanned we obviously try and stay away from each other as much as possible in real life 
Um, but the fates decided that we would be uh, standing together in hugging distance for when we uh, got that win. I must say you was looking very stressed at some points in that game, um, particularly at 0-0. And as soon as we took the lead at 1-0, settled down, started playing again, and you're sort of elbow deep with fingers in your mouth, biting your nails. Yeah, that's part of the course. Uh, I never feel worse than when we're winning. And um, it was great to see Miserable Dave as well. Um, but what was very cute was um, your wife, uh, Vanessa, and our friend, Anna. Uh, Jim, Jimmy Mack getting the ball. Do you remember? I do remember. I, I was wondering if this would get a mention. <laughs> and both at the same time, in unison, without planning it, they were like, go on, Jim. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a sight to behold. <laughs> if only he knew how much those two loved him. I, I wonder if he'd ever turn up to a game again. <laughs> He'd probably get restraining orders put out against them. Uh, Alberts, how Hello. are you doing? How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm very tired. Oh, has it been a hard day at work? I've been, I've been out in the rain, mate. Four hours standing in the rain. Do spiders do well in rain? I don't know. I don't do well in rain. I know that much. <laughs> uh, beer check, sir. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, i got one of those... I say one, I've had one already. One of those little Heineken numbers. Oh, very nice. Um, there was quite a lot of Heineken on sale at the um, Denmark pre-season away this year. I may have may have drunk a few. Uh, Heskiff, what are you on? I've gone Mexican. I've got a bottle of Modelo. Modelo. Very nice. I thought you were going to say Desperado there. It's uh, Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Desperado <laughs> actually French. Too early. I don't know if it's Mexican. It's just got tequila in it, hasn't it? Uh, I think on, it's French. I'm on the full amber piston head. So, obviously, if anyone's seen my beard lately, it's full hipster ahead for me. <laughs> um, oh, before we kicked off 7pm tonight, they did the Carabao Cup draw. Um, Mick McCarthy and Chris Waddle ruining the lives of anyone who likes to go to every game. Swansea away. Were you delighted with that, Heskiff? No, I absolutely wasn't. Um, is it is it the worst out of all the teams there? Could we got anyone worse? I suppose Plymouth away in terms of like getting there, but in terms of the game itself, probably not. I think Swansea away is as bad as it gets in that draw. Yeah, awful. Um, Albert, I know you'll be making a trip though. Oh, mate, you try and stop me <laughs> after after our jaunt to Bristol City last year. Who wouldn't want to relive that? <laughs> um, I vowed never to go to Swansea ever again after the 5-4 loss there, which, as I've talked about in the past, I think took a little bit of my soul away. But um, there's something about a second-round League Cup dry, tie away from home very far away that just appeals to the inner hardcore fan in me and makes me want to go. So... Um, you're a glutton for punishment, Ford. <laughs> exactly right. What better than going to see a second string Palace eleven lose 2 0 at Swansea in the second round of the League Cup? At least I can say I was there. Uh, <laughs> as I said at the top of the show, um, Roy Hodgson and Zaha have signed new contracts. Um, Heskiff, have you ever had better news randomly out in the blue on a Wednesday morning than, than Wilfred Zaha signing a new contract? I absolutely haven't. Um, you, in fact, were the person who. Uh, let me in on the news. You, you sent me a text which just said Wilf in capital letters. So obviously the cynic in me or the pessimist instantly thought something had happened. Like he got injured for the season. 
thankfully, you quickly followed it up by saying that he's signed a new contract. So, um, yeah, I made a noise that I can't repeat. Um, not because it's real, I just physically can't repeat the noise that I made. Oh, um, don't try. It was a once in a lifetime. <laughs> it was, it was. And it was whilst I was sat at my desk at work. Um, I work at university, so thankfully it was out of term time, because otherwise there would have been 100 students giving me some very funny looks. Um, what, what, what do you lecture at university again? Molecular bioengineering, mate. That was the Nerd. one. <laughs> um, and Roy Hodgson also signed the new contract. Uh, Albert, uh, it's very... I think it was probably obvious that that was going to happen, and as long as Hodgson's fit and healthy, he's going to stay. But uh, good news nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. You know, any any fragment of stability at our club is nice. So, assuming you know, assuming everything goes well and we don't end up in relegation, it's nice to know that we've got a, a very experienced, decent manager who's you know bit by bit building a what seems to be a really decent team. So, um, you know, here's to the next sort of two years. Indeed, indeed. Um, the club was out today. Kuyate, uh, Max Meyer, Van Arnholt, Benteke and Luka Milivojevic were at the Puma flagship store in Carnaby Street. Uh, producer Billion was there and I was there and we somehow missed each other. But um, there you go. Uh, it's great to see them. I spoke some pidgin German to Max Meyer. He seemed very chuffed, Albert. Um, I, I, I'd remembered how to talk German, unlike last week when I forgot the simple word of please. So, um, Did you try and find an excuse to use Garada House? <laughs> Unfortunately not. But he's a very shy boy, very, very shy and reserved. Um, uh, but his eyes did sparkle a bit when I spoke to him in German. So I, I obviously need to have some sort of role at the club where um, I look after Max Meyer. I think that's that was the obvious thing that came out of this afternoon at um, Puma. <laughs> um, and also tomorrow, uh, that's Friday, uh, we're recording on Thursday night, is the open training session at Sellers Park. Um, I know you two won't be getting out of work for that, but living in Crystal Palace, I'm, I'm having a work from home day <laughs> and I will be heading down there. Um, None of your colleagues listen to this today. Uh, I'll have my laptop with me. Maybe okay. we should, maybe we should bleep this bit out, William. No, I'm just kidding. We'll keep going. It's absolutely fine. We're very flexible where I work, so don't don't worry. <laughs> I will catch up on my hours. But but thank you for being concerned about me, Albert. There. Well, you know, I just I like to play things straight. <laughs> Is there um anything you'd like me to say to any of the players? Any messages to pass on? Uh, all right. All right. Do a win. Do a win. <laughs> Do a win. Do a win. I think right. there's a message. Uh, there's a message from Anna and Vanessa for Jimmy. Um, <laughs> just, just scream, just just scream at him. He'll know who it's from. Yeah, I, I wanted to make some sort of joke about Scottish and underwear there, but I didn't know what the Scots call underwear. Any any clues? I feel like Albert will know. No, I, mm, no, I don't. Kex. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. Kex. I think it'd be weird if I asked Jimmy Jimmy Mack if I can have a pair of his kex for two girls. I know. Um, so I think. Yeah, it, I think it's weird whether it's for two girls or not. You know that you know or not. Just asking that question to a, a man, you know, professional footballer that you don't know is weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, maybe if I do it in exchange for a deep fried Mars bar. Oh, mate, you'll be well in. He's in. <laughs> You've eaten one of them. Uh, yeah, of course. 
It's, if I try to eat one now, I'm pretty sure I'd die instantly of a heart attack. But when I I, a, I had one when I was like 15, and it was glorious. There was a chi- there was a chip shop in Kingston where you could take any chocolate bar in, pay them 40p, and they deep fry it for you. <laughs> so you weren't just to the Mars bar. Oh. It did get shut down for like health and safety issues about a year later. But what was the most if, experimental one you went for? A mate of mine did Kit Kat. Oh, okay. that's, that's already Chris. That's, that's already got a bit of bite on the inside. So I thought that was a bit of a waste, to be honest. But yes, yeah, which is back in the day when thirty p weren't all that much. Yeah, there's nothing better than getting battered by four fingers, I guess. Oh no, wait, hang on. We'll, <laughs> we'll oh my god, take that out, William. Take it out. Uh, Heskiff, take them out. Heskiff. Yes. So, social media this week has been a blast, mate, and nothing better than Andros Townsend tweeting our very own Miserable Dave. Do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, I think it is now officially the pinnacle of his life. Dave's, not Andros's. Um, We were in a pub after the Fulham game, and um, Dave doesn't really do Twitter. He has a Twitter account, but he doesn't tweet. Um, The last tweet that he has on there, it was written by his 11-year-old nephew, uh, and it was a joke about Miley Cyrus. Um, and then the last tweet that Dave actually wrote was to Mark Bright asking if we were going to get Eddie Howe in as manager. So obviously this was a while ago. So I said to Dave, because I was a bit drunk, just give me your phone and I'll tweet Andros Townsend. I don't know why he gave me the phone. Because, I mean, he seemed to trust me that I was, you know, that, that I was actually going to um, tweet Andros and not start liking you know, random <laughs> pictures on Facebook or whatever. Uh, but as David Perry, I asked Andros if he liked the new song that we uh, sang for him. And within like two minutes, Andros had quoted it and replied and said he loved it. And Dave was just, I mean, his chest puffed out. His feathers were fluffing. He absolutely loved it. And for the rest of the evening, no matter what we were talking about, he would end the conversation by saying, yeah, but how many times has a Palace footballer retweeted you? <laughs> and apparently after we left, after we left, he was continuing to ask that question. Um, but it, I don't think that he likes the fact that whilst Andros got like a thousand retweets or favourites, <laughs> Dave only got like 12. Mm. So he's a bit annoyed about that. But I've never seen a man more um, proud and yeah, he went. He was absolutely delighted. He was miserable, Dave. No more <laughs> for that very brief moment in time. Uh, it was glorious, uh, Albert. Yo, uh, you've been winding up Brighton fans on Twitter this week, haven't you? Oh, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I sort of, I, I try not to do that, but the last week I've just thought, oh, let's have a little go, and uh, it's quite, it's quite fun, isn't it? <laughs> it can be a lot of fun. Yes, <laughs> it start, it started out. Obviously, taking the mick, it started out at the weekend where we're like sitting second or third on three points and they're down the bottom with zero points, like whatever, 15 places apart. Obviously, somewhat ironically, taking a screen grab and saying, Mind the gap. <laughs> and they, you know, they still managed to, they still managed to take it seriously and find a fence in that. So that was quite nice. And then obviously, the Zaha news is, you know, as every bit as it's great news for us, it's terrible news for them because. They'll never have a player like that. You know, their their last great sort of hope was Will Buckley, I guess. Or I suppose in recent years, Glenn Murray going back there. He's sort of their, you know, he's their boy. So, you know, I tweeted that if 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 
if Zaha stays with us for you know the five years of his deal and, and Brighton, who I actually described as um, excuse me, I just have to get it up here. I described as the plastic clapper Tesco bag. <laughs> I said, oh, you know, if they stay in the same league as us and Zaha sees that his contract, that's like twenty goals nailed on for him. And bless him, someone who I won't name, but you know, it's readily available on Twitter if you want to look it up. Um, replied saying, "You seem to have the wrong team who play in blue and white stripes. The team." whose fans use clappers is Huddersfield, not Brighton. <laughs> Please get your facts right before making derogatory comments. Now, I'd, I'd argue I'd even said anything derogatory. It was just, for want of a better word, Fa- banter. Stroke facts. <clears throat> Stroke facts. Stroke facts, obviously. Um, and what was lovely is, you know, our very own Chris Hambling came in with an amazing screen, <laughs> an amazing screen grab of a Brighton fan in a gesture hat. Rubbing, like crying into a folded up clapper, just saying, "Oh, you're obviously a new fan because you don't remember the playoff semis." Yeah, I think everybody uh, knows that that picture, that one, and the kid crying are the two famous yeah, ones. Yeah, and uh, it was just, you know, it was not, that that was it was just the most, you know, I think it's called a mic drop moment. <laughs> um, just came in and absolutely, you know, yeah. nailed the full stop at the end. It was quite nice. Mm. So. I thought about you when I was reading Twitter this week, Albert, and that's a worrying thing to do. But I saw a tweet that said, my ex-boyfriend used to make cups of tea with milk first. I left him. I think that's fair. So why are you thinking of me? Because that is that is the complete let, let me get Let of... me get there. He's in court today for murdering cats. <laughs> Trust your instincts. Psychopaths. I'm, I'm... Definitely. <laughs> um, I... Long time listeners. And I don't like cats. I will be honest. I don't like cats. Long time listeners but... of our podcast um, will know that Albert has a very particular way of making a cup of tea, and I just knew that milking first is blasphemy, isn't it? I mean, that is just in mate. Yeah, I mean that's almost worse than murdering cats. <laughs> <laughs> if I saw someone murder a cat, I'd think. Well, you want to be really careful because they might put milk in the mug first, <laughs> not the other way around. <laughs> right, look, that's enough of that. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And then when we'll be back, I'll be talking to Andrew Beasley, who is our Liverpool fan this week from 12.Football. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Okay, we are now joined by Andrew Beasley. Um on Twitter, you can find him at base tune to red. He's the editor at 12 Football and he is our Liverpool fan this week. So, Andrew, thank you for joining us. No problem at all. Um, we met this morning at um, some offices in London and I've, I've tapped you up and poached you. And um, thank you so much for agreeing to join us tonight. No worries. So, um, summer business, uh, very, very busy for Liverpool and... Um, You've looked to strengthen in many key areas. So how do you feel in general about the money that Klopp spent? Yeah, I think they've gone about it well. I think they have improved a key area of the team that needed improving, which was the goalkeeper. Um, I quite liked uh, Karius, but after the Champions League final, he was always going to struggle to uh, win the fans back over. Um, obviously, Naby Keita looked an excellent um, acquisition. Um one of the top midfielders in Germany over the last couple of years. And other than that, I must admit, I don't know too much about Fabinho. 
Um, but uh, he look, he looks like a good player. And Shakiri um, looks a snip at 13 million. I'm not sure how much he'll play, but um, it's good to to add something to the squad because if any of the front three were absent last year, it was it was quite a drop off, and he should allow that to be. Um, a bit less of a drop-off, as will uh, Daniel Sturridge, if he can remain fit. But, I mean, that's the biggest if in football, I think. But uh, it, would, <laughs> it would be good to have him available for the season, certainly, if possible, yeah. Yeah, between Sturridge and Welbeck, I'm, I think it's about a million days out injured, probably, something like that. Um, yeah, you're, you're battling on many fronts as well. You you, you know want to le- win the League Cup if you can, battle in the FA Cup with Champions League as well. You'd, I think you've strengthened right and to... Uh, have a, you know, do the squad rotation thing with some extra quality in there. So, I mean, I think Shakiri at 13.5 million is a sort of no-lose situation for you guys. Even if he doesn't play that much, when he does play, he's, he's got that bit of quality, understands elite-level football from... Yeah, he's growing up. So, yeah, I'm really. Um, and if I was you, I'd watch a lot of German football. I'd be very excited for Nabi Kaito. If he can keep his keep his head screwed on, um, bit of a hot head. But if he can keep it all together, he's um, he's an excellent player. Um, and it all seemed to come together on the opening day. A fantastic win against West Ham for you guys. Uh, was you expecting to hit the ground running that quickly? I thought there was a chance because they largely went with the team that finished um, last season, whereas obviously West Ham brought in quite a lot of new guys. Um, I think I mean, West Ham's high defensive line seemed like a, a foolish choice to play away at Liverpool. Um, it's probably trying to get that bedded in long term, but I mean, it, it didn't really work at Liverpool because that's just playing into their hands. Um, and obviously something I wouldn't expect Palace to do. But um, yeah, no, very encouraging really against West Ham because I don't think Liverpool played especially well and they won 4-0 and wasted a couple of other good chances as well. So, I mean, you can, you can only be happy with that. But of course, tougher tests um, lie ahead than, than playing West Ham at home. That's for sure. I, I think Pellegrini could have a big struggle um, to implement that very, very quickly at West Ham. Um, you've got a lot of players to gel there. And, you know, West Ham just don't have that respect that other teams have in the sense that you can go in and bed a high line earlier at a team like Liverpool or a team like Manchester United where teams are going to naturally fear you. But teams aren't going to do that against West Ham. So um, it will be very interesting for me. I think it's one of the, the interesting seas of the season to see how they get off underway and Fulham I think similarly who we played last weekend is the same there um Mo Salah got off the mark can he have a season like last season again I think he'll get pretty close I mean whether he'll get 44 goals I mean that's that's an enormous ask <laughs> um but I, I think if he stays fit it's reasonable to assume um, he should get around about 30 in all competitions simply because Liverpool look capable of creating plenty of chances. Um, and so, yeah, it, I mean, it'd be lovely to think he might um, get that again. But it, it's interesting, the, the front three of Liverpool got around about 90 goals between them um, last season. And I, I think they could do again, but I think it's more likely that all three will get close to 30 rather than Mane 20 um, Firmino sort of 30 and, and Salah 40 I think it, it's more likely they'll all be of sort of similar standard I think obviously Mane uh, got off the mark with a couple against West Ham and he's got uh, 13 goals in his last 17 appearances now for Liverpool which has sort of gone under the radar quite how well he's been doing um, because obviously he started last season quite slowly and he had the red card at 
um, Man City and he had an injury and stuff like that. But um, if you sort of look at the last six months, say he's been in uh, he's been in really good form. So yeah, I think um, he could certainly give uh, Wan Bissaka an interesting uh, tussle on Monday night. Certainly. Yeah, quite the embarrassment of riches you have there up top. Well, they might all get to 30 goals. <laughs> uh, I think we uh, struggled to get to 30 goals as a team last season. But, um, that's what That will happen when you don't score in your first seven. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting battle with Wan-Bissaka. It's um, another big test for him. Uh, I thought he did all right against you guys last season in the game that we lost 2-1. I think it was one of the few times that... Uh, just for one moment, he got exposed for um, the first goal. He, I think he just fell asleep a bit at the back post and yeah. didn't react in time until the ball back across. But, you know, he's 20 years old. And as I say, we're trying to keep a lid on our excitement about him, but um, he's Must be he's not going to shy away from Yeah, he's not going to hear what it is. And you'll see on Monday, he won't shy away from any challenge that goes up against him. Uh, He's got the pace to keep up with those guys. So it'll be another interesting step for us to see in his development, that's for sure. Um, Going into Monday night, uh, a little bit more, do do you still fear Crystal Palace as a bit of a bogey team for Liverpool? You did the double over us last season, but I think it was uh, both games were kind of down to Palace mistakes in the end that led to the Liverpool winners and so they were still very tight games especially in a season where you score a lot of goals so do you come to Sellers Park still a little bit nervous or uh, do you come expecting an easy win? No definitely I mean it's going to be a tough game I think when you you know everyone plays teams at different times and I think going to Palace when it's their first home game of the season and it's an evening kickoff is is not ideal you you know probably rather go on a sunny afternoon in late April when perhaps Palace don't have anything necessarily to play for um yeah so I think it's gonna be very difficult for Liverpool I mean I'm confident they can get a result because of the sort of players they've got and the good start last week but uh, no I think it's going to be it's going to be very difficult I would think there's not going to be more than a than a goal in it probably right and my last question I have to ask because it's what you've got to ask any Liverpool fan. Is it? Is it finally your year? <laughs> is it finally our year? I mean, I'd like to think so. Um, I think Liverpool's um, misfortune, if that's the right word, over the years is that at times they've had teams post sort of league winning points tallies, but they've just done it when there's been better teams. And I think it could be similar this season. I think Liverpool are, are capable of getting somewhere in the the mid eighties, they've got sort of 76, 75, the last two years. So, you know, could possibly get, let's say 85 this year, but there's just no way that's going to be enough. You would think with, uh, with obviously with Manchester city, um, the form they showed last year and doesn't show any signs of, of letting up um, this season either. So I'm not going to say that it's going to be Liverpool's year. I think they can have a very good season, but I think probably Manchester city will probably be too strong for Liverpool to win the league, but doesn't mean they can't have a good season. But uh, yeah, I think the league might be out of reach this year, unfortunately. Well, there you have it. A Liverpool fan who is not telling us they're going to win the league. Um, (laughs) Andrew, thank you so much for joining us, pal. Really enjoyed that chat. And um, you can 12.football, go and check it out. That's where you can find Andrew or on... What's your Twitter again? Tuned? It's a a long (laughs) one for me. Uh, Yeah, base tuned to red bass tunes are red because you're a bass player is that correct yeah i am and obviously red for liverpool so that's where that kind of came from yeah (laughs) okay excellent stuff thank you so much and um i'll catch up with you later in the season brilliant look forward to it
Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, so everybody is clearly very excited after the start that we had at Craven Cottage last weekend. But are we getting a bit carried away is the one thing that I'm going to, the theme of this is going to be, guys. So I'll start I'll start in goal. Wayne Hennessy. Heskiff. It was a great performance. There's no doubt about that. I'm still watching back on social media all of the time. Uh, Hennessy's save from Mitrovic. It's just such a good save to make as a goalkeeper because... It's one of those ones that isn't a picture book one in the top corner, but everyone appreciates how good it is because it bounced in front of him. It was why he was going the other way. Just an excellent save from Wayne Hennessy. And of course, there were signs of improvement at the back end of last season as well. So is Hennessy finally becoming the goalkeeper that Tony Pulis thought he signed all those years ago? Or has he still got to prove it a bit more this season first? Yeah, I think he's got he's got a little way to go for me to prove that he's you know, a, a definite number one goalie. But for sure, he's he's improved a great deal, as you say, from, from the back end of last season and, and the beginning of this. Whether that's something to do with Dean Kiley coming in, um, I don't know. Or, you know, having the competition of, of greater, you know, breathing down his neck. But, um, yeah, I thought he had a, a, a great game against Fulham, um, possibly the best game that he's had for us that I can remember. And even when we were 2-0 up, he, he made a brilliant save from Sessegnon header right at the end there, which if the home team score with sort of five, six minutes to go and they have the impetus and the crowd behind them with their clappers making moderate amount of noise, as the clappers do, you know, then maybe the Fulham get back in it. But because he made that save and he was alert and he kept he kept that clean sheet, you know, it, it was very important. So I think even... You know, the, the times that he made the saves are important. The saves that he made, as you say, might not have been sort of blinding top corner tip overs, but were just just as impressive and just as important in either keeping us in the game or keeping us ahead in the game. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think he had a, a brilliant game. Actually, he was my man of the match. Um, though I did, I was listening to the Guardian football podcast this week and they had a Fulham fan on who was really complimentary about Palace, but he said that he thought a Hennessy was good, not great, which I thought was a bit odd. It's very, it's very, very odd, yeah, to make five or six saves as he did. Um, it's, a, it's a very odd comment. Um, I will counter that by saying that I didn't think Ryan Sessegnon was great either, or or Andre Scherler, or basically anyone else that they spunked 30 million quid on. <laughs> but um, you mentioned Dean Kiley there. And um, I think he's definitely made a difference. But uh, if anyone saw on Facebook Live, I was talking to the official Crystal Palace account when I was on the boat down to Fulham. Um, the guy holding the camera, who's new working humble there, humble, it's not a humble brag, is it? <laughs> I was half cut on a boat and Chris Grierson stuck a mic in my face. It's, it's not really that showbiz, is it? <laughs> but um, the cameraman is Dean Kylie's son. Um he was keen to point out that he didn't get the job because he's Dean Kylie's son. He was keen to point out also that he did the job two years prior to joining Palace for Norwich. So, um, But he didn't pass comment whether he got the job at Norwich because he was Dean Kylie's son. So <laughs> I don't know. But no, um, lovely kid and uh, doing a great job. Anyone who's um, prepared to work for the wages Palace play, big up, respect. Uh, <laughs> Albert. Vicente Guayfer must be sitting on the sidelines watching that game going, 
how am I going to get in this team? Oh, I'm sure he'll get a chance. <laughs> uh, no, look, Hennessy, Hennessy's been somewhat of a, you know, a, uh, what's the word? A hot topic on on this show, and and certainly the uh, the review show, you know, and and you know, the, again, mainly on the review show, there's been a lot of you know people have said, oh, you got to lay off him, whatever. But you know, ultimately, you know, as Hambo sort of has always said. If Hennessy if Hennessy's doing well, then the team are doing well, and of course, of course, we want to see him do well because if your goalkeeper's playing well, you're less likely to concede goals. So, at the moment, if 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 Hennis if Hennessy's in form, and like you say, you, you know, there was a vast improvement towards the end of last season. If that carries on, that means we've got a you know a, an informed, decent keeper in goal, and whether it's Wayne Hennessy or Vincente Guaita, it's kind of irrelevant as you know. As as long as he's performing well, and if he doesn't perform well, I'd like to think that there's a you know someone chomping at the bit who probably has a bit more natural ability and a bit more experience, you know, ready to step in. So it's kind of a win-win. I'd like to think, you know, unless unless Guaita comes in after a Hennessy error or injury and has an absolute mare, you know, I'd like I'd like to think we're onto a good thing. You know, there's there's two keepers fighting for a place, and that's only going to you know up their levels. My wife told me to lay off the Hennessy, but she was talking about something entirely different. Um, <laughs> you're right. I think maybe Vicente coming in is what's boosted Hennessy along as well. Um, he's known obviously since January that this sort of superstar goalkeeper from La Liga was coming over and joining the team. Um, obviously, it's coincided with Dean Kylie coming in. I think Hennessy has dropped a little bit of weight. He looks a lot sharper. Apparently, he's working a lot harder in the gym, working a lot harder in training and all of that. So, you know, maybe it's taken that bit of competition in the background to actually move him along. So um, it's a shame that he couldn't compete at those high levels all of the time and he's needed that kick up the backside. But fair play to him for raising his levels. And as we say, long might continue, you know, um, if I'm quite happy to go back on any opinions I've stated on in the past about Hennessy, if he's prepared to perform like he did at Fulham every week. Um, what's clear also at the Fulham game was the whole world knows about Aaron Wan-Bissaka now. Um, actual, actual focus on him on match of the day, you know, doing all the little drawy lines out of his feet and all of that stuff and kind of like moving him about like he was a chess piece or whatever um so everyone knows now the secret's out and then you know our next game up is monday night football really really big test for him coming up against the likes of Mane and salah um i can't see him shying away can you heskiff no i think it's going to be a like you say it's going to be a very good test for him but i i'm I'm sure it's one that he's going to relish um roy has has mentioned that he has been talking to Aaron a lot and, and trying to teach him, you know, a lot of different things. And he said that he's really, Aaron is very open to it and very coachable. And I think putting him up against the likes of the Liverpool front three is going to be, you know, a very good test and to show him what level he needs to be at to be considered a very, very good player. But I think, yeah, as I said, I think he'll relish it, you know, not saying that he'll keep him quiet all night on Monday, but I think he's he's come on even in this something ridiculous eight games or nine games whatever it is you know he's he's improving he gets forward better than he did when he first got in the team and that sort of thing so I think um yeah tough tough as it's going to be um he, he definitely won't shy away with it uh, away, away from it and considering you know he, he played Chelsea Tottenham and Man United in his first three or four games last year 
um, whilst they may not have the sort of speed uh, and movement that the Liverpool front three do, he shouldn't be overawed by by any means. Yeah, I really enjoyed his interview with Chris Grierson after the game. Um, it was very, very cute that your typical South London boy trying to be polite to one of his mum's mates. <laughs> That's what it felt like during the interview. I thought it was very, very cute. Um, another interview that took place after the game is Jeffrey Schlupp. Uh, obviously scored the goal, did some um, rather elaborate handshake with Mamadou Sakho. Albert, can we learn one of those from when we see each other? I mean, we can give it a go if you want. <laughs> It's hard to practice over over a podcast, isn't it? Let's be honest. Albert, but, I actually did see you, know. you make a hand gesture toward Terry. Was that a... <laughs> no, I I just I was just saying I would like some more vinegar on my chip. <laughs> um Talking of Jeffrey Schlupp's performance against Fulham, uh, obviously he got the goal, fantastic finish, um, and he's had a good pre-season in front of the goal as well. Um, I did think he was a bit... Uh, all over the place positionally at points. Um, I didn't think he defended very well from left midfield, which is ironic, really, because he does defend quite well when he plays at fullback. But he seemed a bit confused, and there was a couple of inquests took place on the pitch between Sacco, Patrick van Arnholt, and Schlupp on that side of the field, because Schlupp kept pointing for people to go to into a space that he was leaving, but there was no one there to go in. You know, there's only four people in that midfield, and. He has to work hard to fill those gaps. So that was a little bit of a concern for me. And it leaves me out, but really, with the players we've signed, with the likes of Kiarte and Max Meyer, who are obviously midfielders, and there's limited places in the midfield to play for. Do you think Schlupp of the four is probably the most droppable? Uh, I mean, that's probably a harsh way of putting it, you know, of putting it. But he's, you know, when, when Meyer's fit, I imagine. You know, yeah, Schlupp's going to be the first one to go, isn't he? Really, because we're now playing Zaha a bit further up the pitch, and and when Myers fit, you know, the the money that we're paying him, and you know, the talent that he's reported to have, he's he's, he can either come in in sort of into the middle two, and you know, Macarthur often plays sort of that that wide left role, or you know, or you know, my by all accounts can sort of play sort of you know wide forward as well. So yeah, I think it's going to be Schlupp who who falls foul of a fully fit squad, but what, you know, who comes in and what the shape is sort of remains to be seen, but you know, it's no reflection on his ability. Yeah. I think I think he's he's sort of uh he's a victim of the fact that him and Van Arnholt are quite sort of similar in in stature, but you know, Van Arnholt's been in form for again back end of last season like Hennessy Van Arnholt had a great finish to the end of the season. Um and Schlapp's probably going to find himself on the bench. Yeah, I thought uh, Mike on the review show uh, very eloquently pointed out that, you know, he's he's so versatile that he's a great player to have in the squad anyway. Um, if it, any injuries happen, he can fill in at left back, left wing, um, can do a job, obviously, in that sort of more narrow midfield role. He's played up front in his life before, so he could probably do that as well. So, yeah, I think he's, um, he's definitely a great squad player to have around. Um Christian Benteke, uh, obviously a former Liverpool player, uh, scored more goals at Anfield as an opposition player than he ever did as a Liverpool player, which is some going. Um, Hesia, firstly, uh, thoughts on his performance at Fulham and um, what a goal would do for his confidence on Monday night if he could get one? I, yeah, I thought he was very, very good against Fulham, actually. Um, for first half, especially the first sort of half hour, we didn't really have much of the ball, but when we did get it up there to him, he was making things happen. He was 
running the defence well. He won a few flick-ons, which Wilf, you know, got on almost got onto the end of a couple of times first half. And second half, you know, he carried on. He, he um, Wilf had a good chance that the keeper made a pretty good save on that he, he got from uh, Benteke header. And he looked more like the player that he was in the first season with us, you know, where he's a legitimate threat in the air. Um, he had a great header saved onto the tipped onto the bar first half as well, and I said at the time I really wish. Obviously, I wish we score all the time, but that would have been a great goal for him to score because a he you know an early goal will set settle him down, settle the critics down, the fans will love it, but also it would have been a, a great sort of Benteke goal where it's a good cross from Andros, and he you know he, he's just so good in the air that, you know, it, it would have been like a textbook Benteke goal. Um, obviously, it's important that he's he's making a difference in the team and it's good to have him looking like he, he you know, played well against Toulouse and had a good first game against Fulham. And I, I think his confidence should be there. And Wilf, even in Wilf's interview, when he was talking about his new contract, he specifically mentioned in Benteke and said, you know, he's back to the player that we all know he is. So I think that the, the his teammates know how good he is, and yeah, I mean, a goal against Liverpool would be unbelievable, um, and and that would probably boost his confidence tenfold if he could get that first goal against them. Yeah, I I think the players all appreciate that Benteke still does a great job for the team, whether he's scoring goals or not. I understand that fans are a little bit more like we pay you a hundred grand a week and you cost us thirty million. You're a striker; you should score goals, but. Um, I think at Palace, really, it doesn't matter who you are. You're playing second fiddle to Zaha. And at the end of the day, you're trying to create chances and space for Zaha to do what he does. And I think Ben Teke is excellent at that. And as they play more and more in a front two or, you know, Zaha off of Ben Teke, whatever it is, uh, there were signs that it already starting to work when Ben Teke got the flick on and Zaha had his shot saved. Um if those two can build up a relationship, um, I'm happy with Benteke getting only five or six or seven goals this season if he's proving to be a great battering ram for getting Zaha on the end of things and um, letting him score the goals. So, uh, yeah, I've, against Liverpool, he loves a goal against Liverpool. So, I just for some reason, I've just got a feeling that he's going to score on Monday nights. Right, we're going to go for a short jingle and then when we get back, Albert can tell us all about his prediction. <laughs> Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast www.backofthenest.com So set the scene now but it's a week ago today uh, we're all here we're all we're all got our mics in front of us and um, you're coming up with your prediction for the Fulham game how did you do it? Uh, well I think you know if you throw enough balls at enough <laughs> targets you, you, get, you get one in the end don't you and I think it was it was down to that, really. It's such a rare scenario that we ever get one right. Um, we're supposed to know about Crystal Palace. Um, I got one of the goal scorers yeah, right. Yeah, he was as very well. close, but Jeffrey Schlupp is a bit a bit out there. So I, I'm I'm happy yeah. two 0 mate. That's very very good. Um, I think Ed Ed Kellaway got two 0 as well in our prediction. No, we don't need to no, anybody else. We well, I went four one, so obviously I was wrong and stated utterly that we never keep a clean sheet. So um, shows how much I know. Uh, Heskiff, you miserable bastard. 1-1. One, one. Well, that's probably why I was looking so stressed out when we went 1-0 up. <laughs> the, the, pressure, the pressure of getting a prediction right would have been too much for me, mate. <laughs> right, so um, 
we did a poll this week um, for a win. The option was uh, top of the league because, well, we'd be top of the league, I think, if we won. Six points, two wins from two. Uh, that would be fantastic. For a draw, we went, Gale, it's 3-3. Three, three. Obviously, the famous commentary from that game, which uh, Andrew Beasley, the Liverpool fan we spoke to earlier, I um, couldn't help but bring that up when I met him earlier in the day when we were doing a thing for um, another media outlet. I'm like a media whore at the moment. I'm all over the gaff. And then for a loss, we had Michael Oliver was the ref. Out of 10, Albert, how good was that as filling why I found the poll on my Twitter I'd say that while I mean, I need to film myself to, whilst I judge how good that was. Eight. It was an eight. eight. All right, I'll take it. Um, wow. Thirty-four um, percent of people have gone for a win. Thirty-five percent of people have gone for a draw, and thirty-one percent of people have gone for a loss. Now I know that's raging Hesky. If I can, I can hear him from a mile away in Streatham that he's getting stressed by that many people predicting we're going to win. But that's definitely the closest poll that we've ever had. Um, as for listener predictions, I picked out two international ones this week. Houston, Texas, CPFC. I said it's going to be 1-1. And Budapest, Eagle, I said 2-2. A Monday night classic, Sahar and Luca, Salah and Firmino. Back at the next crew, Hambo, Klaus, Patrick and Tim have gone for draws. Ed has gone for a loss, but who is SP? Steve Parrish, Salas Park? I couldn't work it out. Sam. No, it's not Sam. No. So I, Stefan? Uh, I don't know what his surname is. Sorry, Stefan, if you're yeah. listening. It might be Stefan. Text in your surname. Yeah, that's a, well, basically Clouds, who won't listen, let's be honest. He never, he never listens, does he, unless he's producing. Who? <laughs> uh, put the first names in there so I know who they are. Uh, but Gusset is the only true Palace fan out of all of them because he's gone for a victory. Right. Uh, Heskiff, you're going to have to go first because Albert's going to take the, all the glory this week again. What's, what's the score going to be on Monday? First of all, I'm seething at that poll result. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely seething. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like I'm. Everyone's expecting me to be a bit of a downer, and I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stick to type. I think we're gonna lose, not because we are not playing well. Uh, I just think Liverpool are, are very good, annoyingly, because I don't like them and I hate their manager. But I think they're quite good. So, whilst I don't think we're gonna look as bad in midfield as West Ham did, who, by the way, sold us Kiare and then lined up with Noble, Wilshire and Declan <laughs> Rice in the middle. So need, that, that needs some explaining because I didn't really understand. So I don't think we're as paper thin in the middle as them. Uh, but li- I mean, Liverpool just look very good going forward. So unfortunately, I am going to go. It's a toss up between 2-0 and 3-0. I'm going to go 3-0 to Liverpool. Oh, that's just appalling. I'm sorry. Uh, Albert, Albert, make us feel better. Uh, I th- can I just echo the sentiments that Heskiff has put out there? I also don't like Liverpool and I really can't stand the manager. I know you look a bit <laughs> like him, Terence. Please don't. I mean, 
eight like eight percent of you I don't uh, like. Why do people like have to go there? But, I don't look anything like Jurgen Klopp. And you if were any, talking, and you were talking if, German today. If anything, Jurgen Klopp looks like me because I've basically looked the same for about fifteen years now. Nothing has changed in my appearance, and that's we all think that about ourselves, mate. You're living a lie. <laughs> Um, so what's your prediction? Stop telling me I look like Klopp. <laughs> I I had gone for a 2-0 loss, but like I said, I'm a, I'm a little bit tired. I've had a couple of beers. It's going to be a one-all draw. And it, Christian Benteke is going to bag a nice header against Virgil van Dijk. Mm, right. I think the reason, and I think Andrew Beasley pointed it out, the Liverpool fan higher up in the show was West Ham played such a high line against Liverpool. It was suicide. We won't do that. I think last season uh, we sat very deep against Liverpool, attempted to hit on the counter. We played them early doors under the ball, almost got a result. Uh, it was only a terrible defensive error that allowed Mane into for the 1-0 win. Benteke missed an absolute sitter in that game, so we could have easily have come away with a point. Fast forward towards the end of the season and uh, we lose 2-1 at Sellers, but Mo Salah, again, poor defending, left unmarked at the back post to make it 2-1 very late on in the game. And that was during the time where we had only 13 or 14 fit players. The squad was knackered and we kept conceding goals late into games. So I think it's going to be very tight. I mean, I'd, I absolutely cannot see it being 3-0 to Liverpool, Heskiff. Uh, let me put that out there now. <laughs> Uh, and I think it's going to be a goal either way. And considering we've got a Liverpool win and a draw as our predictions, I'll go 2-1 Palace and it'll be Zaha and Benteke. I feel bad now for being so miserable. <laughs> and so you should. Right. Last short jingle. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com That's it. Another show, number two in the books. Uh, the usual stuff, uh, Love Sport, will also be in your outboxes tomorrow. Review show will be, ooh, I don't know. I think it will probably be recorded Tuesday. Although, if Hambo's feeling particularly lazy, then we'll probably end up doing it on next week's show. Uh, unless we win. If we win, I'm sure they will absolutely be recording it on Tuesday. Um in the background, we had Billiam back this week. Thank you very much, Billiam. Uh, we're using all new technology this year. So Billiam is probably going to be still producing this at two o'clock in the morning, pulling his hair out because he just doesn't understand what to do. Um, <laughs> honestly, Billiam, I hope it goes well for you. Uh, Heskiff, um, you're going to link this on the BBS and undoubtedly get some abuse on there. Or... Yeah, probably well-deserved as well. What sort of abuse do you get on the BBS? What sort of abuse? Just the usual. Yeah. Well, like what? what is well, I think they confused me usual? and you, mate. So. Ah. <laughs> 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 oh, we got through the whole show without any swears, and now you're just making Billiam's life difficult. Um, Albert, thank you as always for joining. Um, it's great having you on every week, good sir. Thanks, mate. I, I, it's nice to be here. <laughs> Everyone needs a class clown. <laughs> but um, we are... There's no international breaks yet. We will be back next weekend. And we will be um, undoubtedly still buoyant from a Palace victory against Liverpool. Top of the league, riding high. And all looking forward to a European tour. So, until next week, 
up the palace. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.